This is your weekly rundown 54. Man, let's get it. All right, guys, welcome back to the Anime DGens podcast. I got my boys here with me, Dan and Tyler. Um, this is Rundown 54 for you. And today, I'm going to ask my friends how they doing first. <laughs> well, it's it's late. It's a late rundown, uh, but uh, or early if you want to look at it, since we're doing it like an early, uh, early in the day. So, But other than that, we're chilling. It's Saturday. Right? I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, we appreciate you guys uh, hanging tight for the rundown. Uh, I was in Iowa and California, and uh, anytime I could have recorded, I was probably on a plane. And then Bass was out of town as well. So uh, appreciate the due diligence on the DGEN end. Yes, he, he got to go to L.A., and I was in southern Alabama, so that's I not really fair. I would have taken southern Alabama. Were people shitting in the streets there? No, it was actually very clean. My mind was blown, dude. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's a little different. But uh guys, make sure you uh show some support, rate the podcast, tell your friends about us, uh, as always, if you want to hear any specific topics or questions um on the latest episodes or have questions about the latest episodes, let us know in the Discord or on our socials. And guys, in this episode, we're only gonna have three shows. Mashal is on a break this week. They deserve it. They've been doing great work over there. But first, we're going to go over Undead Unluck, episode 18, Freerun, episode 22, and lastly, One Piece, episode 1093. You boys ready to get down with the get down? Yeah. Let's, let's get down with the rundown. <laughs> let's do so we're going to start with Undead Unluck, episode 18, Cry for the Moon. So this is the aftermath of Billy's betrayal, and the Union is learning some new things about the world and our fearless leader, Juiz. But the hopes are still alive to take down God and save the world. Kinda. So, the episode starts off with the Union back at their the outside of their very secret base, which we learned was at fucking Stonehenge. So <laughs> that's wild. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude, when I saw that last episode, I was so hyped. And I also learned this week that in Nebraska, there is a Stonehenge made out of automobiles. <laughs> Why? That doesn't even make sense. Like, you'd think they'd be in Michigan or some shit, right? You I don't think. know, dude. I don't know. I was talking to somebody at the airport. They were going to Omaha. And I was like, what's there to do in Omaha? She's like, I found the car Stonehenge. And I was like, that's kind of lit. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that but does yeah. sound like some Detroit, Michigan type shit. Yeah. It would be way more fitting, at least. A bunch of Fords stacked up. <laughs> <laughs> Look at here. These run good. Look at them go. <laughs> As they're just husks of cars piled on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we saw Apocalypse having a tantrum. And as we learned last episode, they were able to force a draw with the under. They got Apocalypse and the under got the round table. So... They can't get any more missions, but they should still be able to try and complete the missions they have while they're trying to figure out how to get back their uh, their dinner table. Um, <laughs> and it looks like Fuko is going to end up being all right. You know, last episode, she touched Apocalypse and was just flooded with memories of the future, the past. We didn't know at the time they get into it later in the episode, but uh, a lot going on there. So that was pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what did you guys think about that new round table they got, the, the the stone table? Dude, how did they make that so quick? Where did it come from? I think it was part <laughs> of Stonehenge, right? Ain't, don't Stonehenge have like a circle in the middle? Yeah, but it doesn't have number. It doesn't have Roman numerals <laughs> on it. And chairs. We're telling bro. time, not sitting. Like they, so they the the numbers was on the bottom, the bottom of it. It was on the ground, and uh, they just flipped it over, basically. It just, oh, that's what happened. I was yeah. so confused. Okay, yeah. I need an excuse I, to go. To, I have an excuse to go to Stonehenge now and do some 
analysis for the podcast. I don't think you're strong enough to flip that like they are, though. Isn't Have it you like, ever heard of John Deere? <laughs> John Deere Green? Yeah. <laughs> Saw a lot of John Deeres this week. <laughs> um, but back to the episode. Um, so during all this, Andy and some of the negators start questioning Juiz, um for seeming kind of like sus. Like, you know, she's obviously been withholding some information and they want to know, they want to know what's going on. Like, why are they doing this? Like, how long have they been doing this? All that kind of stuff. And did like you guys think like she was kind of like accusing the or the sorry, the round table was accusing her of potentially working with Victor on like trying to destroy the world? Because like we did see Victor and Juiz in Foucault's uh forced upon her memories i guess yeah, yeah. i don't think they were like really like uh, accusing her more than like just like what the hell you know what the hell is this you know what's what's really going on here and we had also saw uh Juiz was talking to uh victor when she was looking at the stone tablet so i already had those questions like how do they know each other and it all got pieced together this episode which is cool i'm with it yeah and I I kind of got those vibes when I was first listening to this. I was like, bro, like they're, they're thinking that she's trying to like add penalties. That's what I got out of it. But I think she does a very well job later on, uh, defending herself. So somewhat, I believe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was really surprised when like they accepted a penalty, you know, um, whatever it was like 10 episodes ago with galaxy so you know that had me kind of curious back then and seeing the rest of the negators kind of get that opinion as well was kind of cool yeah i mean it, it is especially since you're so close to that 100 right so yeah i mean it's the fucking end game now you know yeah if this was a marvel movie we'd be in like part two of the final movie so <laughs> Um, but after that, you know, Juiz responds to all their questions with a pretty crazy answer, you know, and that is that the world is inside of a loop. So basically, history is just repeating itself over and over again. And she built the union to stop this repetition by defeating God and stopping all the destruction. So, like, do you guys still think she's a good guy for this? I mean, I definitely do, you know, like everyone's dying every i don't know however many years it is so yeah i think i think so if but also she i don't know if she's telling everything even even andy was like you didn't really tell us everything you only told us bits and pieces but i think it's enough for now and i kind of agree with him it's enough for now because I think if she went on the, and told him the whole, told them the whole spill, it would have been too much to uh, handle, probably. So okay, um, I I understand why she did it, but mm, she's still a good guy for sure. But if I was working with her, my issue would be is like I've been risking life and limb, and you've been withholding information from me. So now I wouldn't personally. I would not trust her important information right as well i would not trust her um so you're making decisions knowing a grander picture and i'm out here chasing shit around and risking my life every day every month and you actually knew what was going on and you didn't tell me so i would be asking myself why i'd be kind of this person could this person be lying to me about this now that she knows so much more than me and i don't think i'd be really working with her at that point yeah. And one thing I, I personally don't like about this whole loop thing is there's 100 penalties and they get, what's it, one a month or one a quarter? Like one every three months. Uh, one every three months gets yeah. added regardless. But every time they don't complete the task for the month, they get one. Okay. So it's 12, 12 100, a year minimum. Like, how the fuck is I mean, this civilization? Yeah. How the fuck is this civilization so advanced if it's getting wiped off the face of the earth? Like, Every, I don't know, 20 years, 10 years. 
Yeah, I'm really not sure how that works. And how are people older than that, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm... They must be doing a good job, but I mean, I don't know. Like, if it took... You figure it's 2020 or like 2024 or whatever. Like, if they're doing... If they're stopping this for 2024 years with, I guess, dinosaurs on the team at the time, like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, so you get a minimum of four penalties regardless every year. Yeah. So that's 25 years max. True. Between resets. That's if you beat every challenge every single month. Yeah, see, huh. this this shit just ain't adding up for me, honestly. No, uh, it doesn't make any sense. And if I was there doing that math, I'd be like, Juiz must be lying about something else now. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know it's interesting because we they're only telling us so they're acting like we're the union and they're Jewies and they're only telling us so much weekly and it doesn't make sense and I feel like that's how the union feels too it doesn't make sense it's not my the math is not mathing what are we really (laughs) doing here who is this lady yeah yeah we might also just be digging too deep into it you know but that's what we're here to do dang it I mean, a hundred times divided by four, you yeah. get four penalties a year. That that's twenty five years, at best. Yeah, I mean, how how are you gonna? That's, how is the world gonna be on a loop? And it it gets the it gets destroyed by God, but also rebuilt by God. But does God like implant memories and whatnot to a brand new twenty first century city like world? Well, like off the pre-populated. Get-go? I can only think. Yeah, no, the only thing I can think is, I mean, we've seen apocalypse affect the memories of everyone in the world. So, like, what if, like, the initial burst of rules is, like, shelter, I don't know, internet, cell phone service, you know, like, this is dumb to say it like that, but, like, maybe... It would have to be. Yeah, like, they rewrite humanity's... Like a furnished world or whatever. Yeah, there's a certain point to where they just have memories up to, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy to think, but nah, I guess we'll figure out more as we go. Maybe, hopefully. And we also learned that uh, during this, um, where the hell am I? Uh, Billy, Billy also <laughs> knew about Ark as well. Yeah, and that 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 was kind of sus for me because only two people that knows about Ark, or three, if you want to count Big Thor is Juiz and Billy, so... And Ark isn't, like, even here yet, apparently. It's... I guess it's something that happens in the future, like an artifact, I guess, is what they said? Yeah, I mean, I'm imagining this shit's fucking Noah's Ark, and it's an artifact. I mean, they've been, like... Some of the artifacts they have are from Chinese mythology, so pulling one in from Christianity wouldn't be a stretch. So I'm wondering if Juiz is putting uh, two of every animal on this boat and going out to space or some shit to survive Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, it does say that she is get she got in the Ark, uh, keyword in, in order to survive the loops when it was happening. So yeah, I mean, this is the, essentially the same thing as Noah getting the Ark to survive the 40 yeah. day flood. You know, like. That was the end times, too. I mean, a fucking shit ton of people died in that. So kind of crazy. This show pulls from so many different cultures, and I really like that. Yeah, but and that's also the, one of the problems, too, because it's not making sense. <laughs> I mean, we've got Ragnarok, which is the end times in Nordic and like, yeah. you know, mythology. So we're just slapping all the religions and shit together to get a show. So I'm kind of yeah. that's kind of cool. I'm yeah. uh, I'm hoping by the end of the season, uh, this makes a little bit more sense, though. Definitely. But yeah, so after that, um, the Union created a new table out of Stonehenge, which we kind of talked about. Uh, they just flipped over the fucking big rock in the middle of it and conveniently had Roman numerals on it. So they had a backup round table this whole damn time. And chairs with, with chairs. <laughs> You could go get the chairs down, down out of the out of the the, the main base, you know. I don't. It was it was just like a stone, uh, stone uh, blocks, right? Yeah, the chairs were stone blocks, <laughs> and it True. conveniently had eleven seats at it. Yeah. 
But mm -hmm. uh, after that, you know, they kind of get together at this new round table and they're missing a member because Billy's gone. So they have to figure that out if they want to get any more missions from Apocalypse. But I don't know if they can get emissions from Apocalypse without the, the standard round table. So that'll be interesting to see. But the goals of the Union right now are to capture Billy and stop him from just nuking the shit out of the world. <laughs> which in turn will defeat the Under. They need to find the round table and any artifacts that were stolen. And then, you know, just they got to casually kill God after that. So Super at least terrible. they have a plan. At least <laughs> everybody's included now. They know what's going on. And Julius tasked Andy and Fuka with finding a book to see if it's legit or not. This book was allegedly written with an artifact of a pen. And from what I can tell, based on the very first episode is that a conveniently placed manga series that our girl Fuko really likes is actually telling the time, like telling the story of the end times. <laughs> uh, I'm really certain that it is actually that manga, honestly. Yeah. And if that's the case, then like they don't even have to find it, right? Like Fuko like should know kind of what it says or what happens, right? I just don't know how I it, like translates you know i'm assuming there is a like a secret Message? final chapter that oh. wasn't released to the world that they have to go find hmm. yeah and it, ha it would have to be right because uh andy read it while fuko was knocked out for three weeks yeah. early in the season he read it all apparently so there must yeah. be like a, a lost volume or something so we gotta and... go find the author of kimi need to and uh, go from there <laughs> and uh another thing that was interesting is Juiz actually pulled out uh, a version of that book and so that makes me wonder if each time the world loops a new version of the Kimini Todoki like the parody book or whatever gets created for that timeline of events in that world so it would, would be cooking with gas I'd yeah. be I'd be surprised if the artifact that that pen is conveniently fell in an author's hands every time. But it would be really cool because, like, in this rendition of the world, we got a manga. But like, what if fucking like some prominent author found that? So like, what if all of like the major pieces of liter literacy in history were written with this pen? That'd be fucking nuts, you know? Like. Yeah, it'd be pretty yeah. crazy. Like the Iliad and the Odyssey is actually just so actual telling of how the world ended. You know, that's, that'd that's be... literally what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah that'd be cast, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's just a lot of wild things happening in um this episode, especially at the end with the book. Uh, I just I just don't know how a ro a wholesome romance uh can decipher the past and future. Uh, but it is weird though that you know Kimino Todoki is from me to you right and um this is actually like to you from me so maybe that's like a play on words too like I'm giving this to you from me the keys to the world kind of deal I don't know um, we shall cool. see yeah cool Tyler you want to get us on to Freerun yeah, let's get on to Furin episode 22 called Future Enemies. This episode, we're taking a little break in between the tests. And we're looking in and seeing what everyone's up to on their three-day wait. So, basically just chilling on this episode, <laughs> pretty much. Filler. Filler. Basically. It was essentially filler. I mean, uh, TLDR skipped to the next section of the podcast. Everybody went out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is definitely a, a slice of life uh the slice of life version of uh Furin. so um basically we start this episode off with fern and Furin knocking on stark's door in the evening so they got back from round one fern is absolutely pissed though because stark was still sleeping in the middle of the day and because he stayed up late at night and he also drank juice which is wild to be pissed off about but can i just say something like <laughs> fuck fern yeah Mind no that's damn business like no, for real. Th this episode made me so anti-fern like she's just Same. a stuck up fucking brat like yes. oh no somebody slept in that was basically on a th vacation while you were at your fucking magic test cool like 
and then like she just gets pissed off all the time and does this little pouty face and get whatever she wants so fern get off she your is high a horse product. she is a product of what they've done Fern and stark has created this yeah yeah because like if you just don't care that she's giving you the silent treatment she'll start talking talking you know yeah. like f off fern but yeah they gotta do <laughs> yeah. a better job of reeling her in because it's ridiculous it, it made me like her way less yeah, I, I think I think as well as uh, she, I guess she wants Stark to be an ideal person, I assume. And that's why she does what she does, especially since the world that they live in and uh, the goal that they're trying to achieve. Yeah, it's it's not like that's us great. over here, you know. So. No, that's great. But fuck Fern. He was drinking juice. He wasn't out there gambling <laughs> and sleeping with hookers. Like, come on, man. Like he was gambling. Up. He was I don't gambling. Care. She didn't know that. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I don't get it. Like f off. But this was, I think, this was just a way to get them to the restaurant because, in order to make her happy, they decided to go eat at an expensive restaurant. Um, Dinkin and Laughlin meet up with Richter as well, and they go eat at the same restaurant. Um. And I thought it was funny that Richter was still complaining about throwing hands. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, y'all think he got worked and Dinkin had to handle all the business back then or what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think Rick Richter got, definitely got worked if he's complaining about it. <laughs> he's like, I'm still sore, bro. Like, shut up. You're like 40 years younger than that old man. Chill, bro. <laughs> but, uh. And then we cut to Ubel. She's actually talking to Four Eyes. I have no idea what his name is, uh, but the one that can create uh, shadow clones, basically. Um, and they're talking about her not killing Werble. And she can now use his binding spell, which is kind of crazy. And she says that a magic a person specializes in is strongly related to her life and nature and that she can use other people's spells only if she can emphasize with them. So my thing is, do you think that's why she didn't kill Werble instantly? Is that way she could learn a few spells to use in the future, like the binding spell? I think she just found like him interesting. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think it was more like this guy has killed so many people, but he's still hesitant. Like, okay, like that's very different than myself. I'll kill you without thinking about it. Like, yeah. Let's see what I he should, does. I should probably learn something from this guy. So I'm not a psychotic bitch, but uh, let's let him live. <laughs> But uh, Four Eyes' name is Land. Land? Like, like the ground? Yeah. yeah. Like, what the... Oh. Dude, come on, man. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing right now? We're talking about <laughs> Land and fucking Stonehenge. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I'm just still calling Four Eyes, so... Because that's what Ubel calls him. But, uh... Like I said, she can now use that binding spell, and she binds Four Eyes with it, and starts trying to emphasize with him because I guess she's trying to learn how to use the cloning um, spell from him, right? Is that what y'all think? Is that oh, what y'all got out of it? Oh, 100%. Dude. She would love that. Ubel with that cloning spell would be fucking fierce, dude. Yeah, because like it's, like it's basically a true representation of yourself multiplied and it's like no different from your true self, right? So yeah, she's trying to get the upgrade upgrade to jump Jutsu Kaisen. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> she's trying to jump people. She wants and, to gang up on folks. And uh, he's not really having it. He uh, he's like, I don't, I don't want nothing to do with you. You need to leave me alone. All that good stuff, which is good because we don't need Ubel even more crazy. She's got a binding spell now. So we don't need her to have a cloning spell as well. So, um, but the main bit of this episode, all that we talked about so far, it was leading up to um, everybody meeting at the Bell, which is the best restaurant in town. And everyone, like I said, we've seen coincidentally met, went to eat here at the same time. All three groups. Uh, Dinkin had gone with his late wife 50 years ago. Freeran went with the hero party 80 years ago. So it's been around for a long time. And 
I just want to touch on like a, a, com- a conversation that was the flashback and conversation uh, that they had while they was there. Uh, Freeman was saying that she eats so much to Himmel because there are flavors that she never gets to experience again. And I agree with that. Like she's an elf. She probably don't get to see very many good flavors over and over again. Uh, but the self-proclaimed best chef of this generation tells her that his flavors would still taste the same in 100 to 200 years. And Freeman actually had a point with this. Most chefs do actually say that, but they also try to leave their mark by changing the flavors in the future. And I just want to ask, like, our little chef in here, you know, Bass over here, like, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this whole thing right now? The moment you give somebody else a recipe, they're going to change it. Yeah, okay. To suit their own taste. Yeah. That's just how it works. That's, that's no. how you create. That's what cooking is. There's no such thing as a perfect recipe. No, sir. <laughs> and do, do you think, like, he was a little bit cocky to be saying that his flavors would last in the future? Uh, he was the best chef of this generation, all that stuff? Or you think that's just, like, the general mentality of, like, really good chefs? Pure arrogance. Nah, okay. dude, this one, this one, this man won blue, dude. He's the king. Nah, pure arrogance. <laughs> I mean, because, like, even, like, if, if, um, if a restaurant you went to was like serving like 70s or 80s styles food, you'd be like, this, this isn't great. Like people's changes, I mean, people's tastes change over time. You have oh. to adapt to it. Yeah. I definitely agree with Fern on the overeating when you're getting new flavors you don't normally get. Like when I was <laughs> out in California, I went to a Korean restaurant. Oh. And this food was so fucking good. I got jalapeno, cheese, katsu, chicken, curry. And I was like full halfway through the plate, but I just kept eating because I couldn't stop myself because it was like, I don't have Korean food like this back in like where I live. So like, I'm going to enjoy this while I can. And then um, I didn't eat the rest of the day because I was so full. <laughs> I was, was going to say, that's how you end up like leaning on the car outside after you walk to the car. And, nah, uh, I, I just had to get it at an airport for like it. three hours and get on a plane, dude. I was, I was just content. I would have had some beers and I was content brother was happy good 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 that's good uh i don't know i i, I can't eat like that I, if i do like i'm there's some of us coming back up somewhere <laughs> like fast damn <laughs> but uh speaking of like all that uh himmel actually tells the chef that his for his reward uh for finding the knife i believe they they got for him his missing knife it's he heir, wants, heirloom knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to make him to make sure his flavors are the best, even in the future. He wants to make sure the chef makes his flavors last. Um, and he says that he'll do what no other chef has ever done before. And I just got curious, like, why do you think he chose that reward uh, uh, for the chef? Uh, do you think he chose it for Furin to make Furin happy in the future? Is that where it's going? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what I got out of it. I was just curious what y'all thought, too. Yeah, I feel like telling a chef not to evolve is kind of fucked. So I think it was <laughs> definitely for free run. Because <laughs> yeah. like, aren't you always trying to make a dish that surpasses your last one? Yeah, that's the whole idea. So I like... Thought. Yeah, like don't don't evolve as a as a cook, dude. Just stay the way you are. You're my one elf friend that's gonna be back here in two hundred years. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <possibly>. maybe. <laughs> um, and uh, the conclusion of that is Freeran actually says that the flavor was changed, uh, even after all that talk from the big bad chef. But she also says that it's also better now than it was back then. So that's good. Um. And, you know, since they spent so much time, like, leading to this restaurant scene and uh, all that stuff, and even in the restaurant scene, just flashbacks and stuff, what do you think they were trying to say with this particular, like, the whole restaurant scene, in your nothing. opinion? Nothing? Absolutely no. nothing. <laughs> Waste my think, goddamn time. I, I think they needed some filler. Okay. You think it was just, like, a relaxing I, time? No no message included? <laughs> things change things change but they stay the same (laughs) 
Brought to you by the Anime DJs podcast. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, this whole episode to me was like when you would like go play like a rival sports team in your city or something, and then you would go to like a Denny's with your teammates after, and then the other rival team would fucking show up and you'd just be staring at each other the entire time while trying to have your conversation. Like that's <laughs> all this shit was was a fucking bunch of volleyball players or soccer players going to a goddamn Denny's. I didn't need this. <laughs> no, I didn't need it either. They could have they could have just not aired this. They could have literally just been, went to the next episode. It would have been fine. This would have been a great week for vacation for the animators. <laughs> and, and for us. <laughs> I agree. I agreed with Dinkin though. As soon as uh, as soon as he came in, he seen Furin and all them and he's like and uh, I think Richter was like, Bro, look at him. There's Furin. And Dinkin's like, up. yo, just leave him alone. We're all here to eat and have fun. Don't yeah. don't mess with him. He's like, know? we'll see him in two weeks on our turf. We're on their turf right now. You know, they got to come to the away <laughs> game. <laughs> but yeah, shout out Dinkin. Like, Dinkin kind of become one of my favorite characters of the show, honestly. Definitely, definitely better yeah. than Furin at this point, that bitch. No. <laughs> Maybe for y'all, but not for me. Yeah, I fuck still, Fern. I still really like All my Fern. homies hate Furin. Uh, except for Tyler. <laughs> but uh, then uh, to cl- like we get into the closing uh, section of this episode, Orbel came and took Stark because he needed a warrior to help fight a fresher. I don't know what that is, a big old monster demon thing or something. Uh, but he was actually totally a different guy. Um, and Stark got kind of got bailed out too. I'm, I bet uh, Betty's glad that he was able to go fight a huge monster instead of hanging out with four girls, uh, with Vern included. So, <laughs> shout out, uh, Werble <laughs> for saving that boy, one of the boys, yeah. But, uh, Laura, speaking of like the four girls hanging out, Lawine and Connie, they all go back to the hotel and they thank Freeran for helping them get to the second round. Um, and this just leads us into a flashback with Himmel telling Freeran that in order to be remembered, she must change someone's life for the better, even if it's a small change. And so, do we think Freeran is doing a good job at reaching that specific goal? Like, yeah, I might have actually missed this part. I kind of fell asleep during this episode because it was so boring. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, um, think, I think she's doing a good job. Yeah, uh, she's doing fine. She's doing fine. I just yeah. like going from that last episode to this. I was like, damn. Yeah. Oh, well, I knew something damn. like this was going to happen. Probably there was no way we was going to get two like banger episodes. They weren't like even that, walking. Back, so. They weren't even walking. They were yeah. just sitting. They they walked some, bro. But not enough for Dan. The I guess one of the most interesting things of this episode uh, is the second part of the test came in and it is going to be happening at runes, the runes of the king's tomb. And the proctor is going to be since and she has proctored four tests and no one has passed any of them before. Uh, So we have 16 people left right now, I'm pretty sure. And I just want to know how many let, let's let's make a guess. Let's make a gamble here. We have 16 people left. How many we think passes this next test since no one has ever passed this test in the last four that she's given? OK, so I'm going to say um, over under for how many pass is 7.5. <laughs> I'm taking the over. I think there's going to be eight. Okay. And then for the final futures over under on how many people get their uh, first class mage certificate in the mail two weeks later, <clears throat> a little piece of paper that doesn't matter. Um, I'm guessing four, and Fern is not one of them. Hmm. What about you, Bass? I was gonna say three or four uh, to get through this test. I think Dinkin. Oh, Fern, you the. You only think three or four is going to get through this part? How many things going to get to the actual license? One to two. Mm, One okay. of them being free run. All right, so I'm going over. Bass is going under. I think I think I'm going to hit around. Uh, I think I think over over on the first one. I I really think there's going to be seven or eight um, somewhere around that uh, as okay. well. And then we'll make the over under for the final test uh, two and a half. Yeah, and I, I think that the final test is going to be like, uh, I think there's going to be probably four, honestly. Okay. 
though. I'm not sure what Dan's. I think did you say three? There's four. Four. Okay. Four and Fern's yeah. not gonna be one of them. Fern I think Fern cut. is gonna be one. I think Fern and Fern's gonna be on here, and I think Dinkin as well. So that's three that I think. My guess is uh, Freerun, Denkin, Werbel, and Umel. I think Umel, they're going to let the evil girl go through, which I'm excited for. That should be cool. Okay. Okay. We shall I think Fern's going to lose to her. We're, we're predicting the future here, y'all. We're gambling. <laughs> we, I actually, if you go in the Discord, I have a secret section uh, with over-unders on anime for the weekly rundown, and uh, I have been raining in money, guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been betting against Some, you? Somebody sports gambles. <laughs> deadly is deadly been betting against you. If if you come sign up for the anime degens uh gambling section, uh you get two free bonus bets of twenty five dollars. <laughs> it is sponsored by Dan, by the way. It is it's actually sponsored by Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> not an ad. Hashtag not an ad. Uh, <laughs> that's you it for sure. As <laughs> ever for uh, next is One Piece, I guess. All right, let's do it. So we got One Piece episode uh, 1093, Winner Takes All, Law versus Blackbeard. So, so Blackbeard finally- is plus 200 right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got our first piece of uh, moves being made after Wano. It's uh, Law's turn to shine, maybe. And uh, Blackbeard definitely has something to say uh, and do to law, it seems. So we start off this episode right away with some boxing. We get the heart pirates versus the Blackbeard pirates. Uh, but first, guys, like, did you, go, did you all notice that it showed Blackbeard using that red hockey-like power when he used Whitebeard's devil fruit? What the fuck <laughs> was going on with that, boys? <sighs> it's just time to shine, Dan. I know, I know in, in Discord, you really wanted to talk about this moment, and I really want to listen to you talk about this moment. Okay. So, <laughs> as somebody who's read One Piece, uh, I'm not current, but I've read well past this. Um, Toei is just taking way too many fucking liberties with the animation right now. Like, this red lightning has been associated with Conqueror's Hockey. And none of the motherfuckers in this fight have Conqueror's Hockey. (laughs) Confirmed. Well, not confirmed, but they don't have it yet. Like, Oda has not come out and said this. Toei has taken too many damn liberties. Blackbeard can't use Wi-Fi Hockey. He relies too much on Devil Fruit, and he doesn't have the king's ambition in the same sense of what you do to have Conqueror's Hockey. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, Maybe they do the... The red hockey with the black black outline. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. Seems a little out of place to me. Yeah, oh, I, I seen it. I was like, bro, what is going on? Did, does is this like a premonition of Blackbeard having conk hockey like in the future? Even though like it, it's, I I don't know. It, it just seemed weird. And even even Law was using the shit too. So maybe this is what they. Maybe the kind of they was using right then was a different kind than Conqueror's hockey, like there's visually th- somehow, but it looks the same to me. So there's three types of hockey. There's yeah. observation, which is when we see the eyes do, you know, mm-hmm. observating things. There's <laughs> armament, <laughs> which is when we literally see their arms turn black to show that they're powering up. Like yep, that actually yep, doesn't yep, happen. Yep, yep, yep. And then there's Conquerors. There is not some fourth magical type of hockey out there that Oda hasn't talked about. Like, the fuck, Toei? (laughs) (laughs) We have anime canon Conquerors hockey, so these motherfuckers have the color of Supreme King out of nowhere now, which makes no sense. So, good for you. Good for you, Toei. Yeah, good for you. Dan will be writing a letter. You will be hearing from him. Strongly (laughs) worded. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. As soon as as soon as the episode started, uh Dan Dan noticed it. I was like, bro, what's going on here? Uh yeah. So I, we had to talk about it. Yeah. And then we also noticed the uh first law we noticed Law getting sick. He, he was coughing a little bit. And he does the big reveal and turns around and my man is now my girl. Cannons. And the the crew is turning into ladies. And what did you guys think this was before it was revealed? It was somebody on Blackbeard's crew. 
I definitely thought it was a devil fruit power. Um, not what I thought it was going to be, though, because at the time, you know, I I read this a while ago. I completely forgot this happened. And um, I was like, the only person who can turn people into women is Ivankov. Yeah. Ivankov, yeah. And like, she has to like touch them with her hormone needle fingers. I was wondering where Law ran into Ivankov. That's the what first I was couple of minutes. I was like, what, I mean, we, we definitely missed something. I was like, wait. I don't remember the fucking revolutionary army showing up at this big brawl. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, that would actually be wild if that happened. Uh, so well, yeah, because dra- we'd actually get to see Dragon do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, we also learned that uh, an overflow of hockey can get rid of uh, devil fruit effects. Which I did not realize, but makes some sense that, you know, that people can. Um, okay. Okay. Just spitballing here. What yeah. happens if Crocodile uses an overflow of hockey? Does he turn back into a lady? Oh, shit. Oh, uh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, well, here we go. I mean, I, how does, how does, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Or maybe because it's been so long, it doesn't matter. I, I think I think he's he's Croca. He's he's always Croca mom in our hearts, but he's and in the live action right now. So and in the live action, that is true. <laughs> so far, anyways, we've seen him Croca mom in the live action too. I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, but oh boy, the the heart pirates, <laughs> man, the heart pirates have have a tough uphill battle here. We got a, a a little bit better introduction of the white beard pirates and their black beard. What did I say? White beard. Black beard. Yeah. Oh, the black beard pirates. Yes, they the gone. Black. They gone. <laughs> Marco no is more. chilling somewhere. Yeah, but we 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 got an intro, a proper introduction to the all the devil fruits present in a uh, white beard's team that he has with him. So we got Doc Q with the sick sick devil, devil fruit that can create contagious diseases. And that's how we got this whole feminization thing going on. That was glad they explained that because, like Dan said, we thought Ivan Koff was in the area. And then from there, we got uh, Von Ogre with the warp warp route that can teleport motherfuckers. That shit yeah. is dope. A little flash step type action. It was really cool. And that's like super powerful because my man's a sniper. And Bro yeah. can just reposition anywhere and be like, hey. Come get this, come get this work. Or he's delivering it, really. And then we got Burgess, which I think we already knew he had the strong, strong devil fruit. And he picked up that little piece of a mountain, which was pretty cool. And then we have Stronger, their their amazing steed with the horse horse devil fruit. Mythical type <laughs> Pegasus. So I know you mentioned that that's like a really broken type of devil fruit to have for a sniper. The thing mm. with Blackbeard's crew is that they're they're just stealing devil fruits yeah. that yes. fit their MO. So like everyone in Blackbeard's crew is gonna have a broken devil fruit for who they are. Yeah. Just that's fucking the whole point. awesome. Yeah, it's it's sick. Um, but I mean, as Law like kind of like said during the fight, is like they all rely on devil fruits. So they all have similar weaknesses. So if you run into somebody that can take advantage of that weakness, you're in a lot of trouble. Like I what if laws what? people can do it because they don't have a lot of devil fruit users, right? Yeah, no. and they're secretly fucking fishmen. Like, yeah, I guess what the you, hell is up with that, dude? You live in the North Pole, you can swim underwater for ten minutes. Like, homie sucked up water, looked like Water Luffy from fucking uh, Alabasta, and was, was spitting freaking water was, bullets. Yeah, my bro. mind was blown. I was dude, like, these, what is going on? These and are you, fish man abilities. Notice? Yeah, like, like, what, and they, the they try to explain it away as, oh, we grew up in a port. That's not how that works, bro. Bro, I <laughs> know plenty of people who live next to the ocean, and let me tell you, they can't shoot fucking apples out of the sky with water gun. <laughs> the whole Didn't, world is full of islands. Damn near everybody lives next to the fucking ocean. Didn't Usopp grow up near a port, too? Kinda? I don't get it. I, that was bullshit. Why can't he do this shit? <laughs> incredible honestly in- incredible was this in the manga 
I, I can't remember. Disgusting. Terrible writing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Oda. Uh, I, I don't know. Something about seeing it animated is definitely wild because it does like you do. It doesn't stand out this much in the manga, you know, as as it does in the show. They're but, basically fishmen. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't fish know, man. without the racism. Like, like what the hell? Yeah, yeah. dude. Imagine appropriating fishman culture for your own gain. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what was cool is that we did get to see, like, some of Law's crew flex some of their muscle here. Because I thought they were all just a bunch of slouches. Or it dude, seemed I, like that, you know? I thought they were all fucking pushovers. And it was good to see them actually fuck some shit up. Yes. Except yes. for that one big guy. One uh, I don't remember his name. Um, the guy who blocked the bullet from uh, Van Ogre. Uh, with his belly, this shit was pretty tight. Yeah, that guy, that guy, you knew that guy was in menace. He's huge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's how much I care about Law's uh, heart pirates. I, I really like Law a lot. I don't, I don't know any of their names. I don't know any of what their abilities do because they're, tr- they're, they're just, who are you they? Oh, phone in. You disrespecting my man Beppo like that, dude? What the fuck? Who? What the fuck? He's don't the only, he's the only one besides Law that I even know of on that. And I think he's just comedic relief. <laughs> Am I wrong? Now, <laughs> this episode like made me want to like ask, like, what does Beppo do now? Like, is, is Beppo stronger than what he's been leading on? He sheds. <laughs> Bro, you can probably go too long. Imagine too long Beppo. Is, is that it. all? Yeah, he, he, he didn't. He didn't pull up at Onigashima like that. I mean, so. what's he top. doing right now when Blackbeard is attacking? I didn't see him do shit. He's right? listening. He's no, no. He used what's his bare ears to hear Warp Warp Boy move around, clink his gun, and then uh, Muscle Bound Freak jumped in the way of a bullet. So Beppo saved Law's life. Beppo. Is the oh. one that should have been swimming around in the water doing water bullets, being a goddamn polar he's bear. He's a polar bear. Yeah, like he's the one that's supposed to be swimming. What the fuck? <laughs> and then we could have got a funny scene of Beppo shaking all the water off him. Yeah. Would have exactly. been great. Would have been I mean, there's still time. We didn't get a conclusion to this, so. Very true. But uh, guys, uh, it seemed like Blackbeard was waiting to ambush whoever, you know, came that way, leaving Wano. And obviously he wants some Road Poneglyphs, you know, his end goal is to become the king of the pirates. And it seems like he also is looking for Law's devil fruit at this point. Uh, as he does point out, it's oh, that's pretty useful, man. Yeah. I, I like what you got. I like what you got here, man. It's <laughs> kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Um, at this point in the fight, though, who do you guys think is taking the dub here? At that time, like I thought, I thought Law was looking really good because his heart pirates all of a sudden became halfway badasses, uh, and I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe he can do something. But yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm just gonna say it. If um, Law defeated a Yonko at this moment, it would be terrible writing. So Blackbeard on top, I got a million on him. Like it's it's a wrap, you know. <laughs> Yeah, this this is honestly kind of low diff for for Blackbeard and the crew. Yeah, Law's I mean, fighting back and like you know, okay, he made Blackbeard bleed, but my boy is still out there laughing and having a good time. So I can't really remember what happened like in, in the manga. It's been like a long time ago. Um, but I want to say that like from like uh, watching this, I don't think. They want to show Law losing, right? This soon after Wano, but they don't want to show uh, Blackbeard losing. So I don't think, I think something will happen. Uh, I'm not sure what, and I'm not even sure if it does happen. That's what I think. I think something will happen and we won't even see a winner. And that kind of makes it me, it, the ending of this episode where they just continue this fight or whatever instead of concluding it in one episode. It makes me even like think that even more. So, if I just, the heart pirates don't get clapped, this is bullshit. So, the thing I don't understand is you have a fucking submarine, right? Mm-hmm. You can Leap. go deep into the underbody, under deep, the water, deep, deep in the ocean, and uh, Law's crew can't fucking deal with anything in the water. Like just Black get everybody. In the, sorry, Blackbeard's crew. Yeah, 
They all have devil fruits. Like, all you have to do is get in the submarine and skeet skeet out of there if you're going to yeah. lose. So, like, yeah, I don't think Blackbeard's going to get, like, he's going to get beat, but I don't think he's going to get his fruit taken away because that would also be bad writing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah, build this man up for the, 600 episodes. I think the whole point of um, having the rest of the crew on the submarine attacking the ship is to kind of like disable it so they can get away. Yeah. Because the only uh, reason they took the fight is because they couldn't, they were getting blown to bits and they in the hole wouldn't be able to take the water pressure from things exploding around them. So I think once they di- disable the ship, you know, maybe kill a few people on the, on the, on the ship, they can kind of get away. Cause there's no way they can take them head on. They're no. too strong. Well, there ain't no way them two, uh, fish man, uh, Reborn Yeah. I mean, but they have torpedoes on their uh their submarine. They ain't on the submarine though. They're, they're the submarines down mass, there though. Mass yeah. guys. Yeah. Mass guys on the submarine. Torpedoes. Oh, okay. So I will say animation in this episode was fucking gas. It was. They did a really good job with that. Like yeah. Blackbeard with the full on quake attack. Even though I'm gonna I'm gonna put the, the Wi-Fi hockey aside. <laughs> that shit was gas. Like watching like the whole island crumble between their like under their feet was so cool. And Law Law hits him with like the shock willy and his awakened devil fruit shit. Like this this could actually be a really good fight. Especially if they animate it like that. And like I really enjoyed this new animation style. I think I don't think we've seen anything like it before, right? This is kind of new. It's kind of like continuing on from Wano, but like a slightly different flavor. I feel like yeah, yeah it's, like it's, it's really the same thing. It's 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 the the whole cloth um, yeah. physics that I was complaining about months ago. Well, I, almost a year ago now, and I still don't like it. Really, I still don't like it. No, I don't think it looks good. To me. I don't know okay. that scene where um, Blackbeard got warped, 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 warped out of the sky after getting Shock Willy and like slammed on the ground. That shit was fucking clean. I think I think it could look cool if everybody didn't turn to fucking cloth. I'll, I'm not, I'll have I'm not to, a fan of that shit. I'll have to watch it again and see see like uh, bodies what... get all wavy and shit like that. Yeah. Like, eh. I I, I've never heard it described as cloth, so I want to see if it looks like like cloth, <laughs> like floating in the wind. It's just kind of, it's, I wouldn't say cloth floating in the wind. It's just distorted, like it's like yeah, jagged, it's it's, distorted. Yeah, it's rough, but I kind of like it because it kind of shows like the ferocity of the scene. You know, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I think we've seen uh, a small portion of it when Luffy went in Gear Five, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but this one it looked it had the it had the egghead like animation like the smoother animation with it I guess you can say or character designs um with that and I I just really liked it so yeah they also used it in the King Zoro fight and then the Queen oh yeah that's true uh, Sanji, fight. The Sanji fight as well so yeah it's I just think some, something they one. do now yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's showing the ferocity it. of a scene kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It's just, it just looks like shit. Um, but yeah, if you think it's cool, enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Blackbeard pirates also have Pudding as as prisoner, and we saw Alkiji, Kuzan, and Van Ogre uh, kidnapping her from Old Whole Cake. Now, what the fuck is Alkiji doing? Over there with yeah. the Blackbeard Pirates. Like, what, what's going on with that, boys? He um, defected from the uh, defected from the military and went to the next hot thing, man. But why? Why do you think he? Why do you think he would choose the Blackbeard Pirates? And maybe he thought the Blackbeard Pirates had the best chance of taking out our uh, Kuzan down. Who? Alka- oh, sorry, not Kuzan. Uh, Alkaiji. Uh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But what do you? What do you think that they want from Pudding? She seems to know. Oh, I'm not, Pudding's I'm not. third eye can read poneglyphs. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. yeah, we learned that at Whole Cake Island. That's yeah. why Big Mom okay. was trying so hard to hump uh, three-eyed people. Oh, mm. 
So I thought I thought it might be some dude like maybe she's like the leader of the Big Mom Pirates now since Big Mom is gone. But that actually makes a whole lot more sense. Plus, maybe she does have like some position of power in the Big Mom Pirates now too, or Whole Cake Island, whatever. Um, so it's like a twofer, right? So yeah, and I I, I like seeing Cracker get low diffed right there. So I was <laughs> that, that was nuts. I love the fact that they animated this. This was a cover story. Like, so when you yeah. read the One Piece manga, they tell side stories on the cover panels and like one shots. Mm-hmm. And this is actually animated from a series of like, I don't know, 12 or 15 manga, like cover stories that told this story. So that's how Oda tells like side stories that are going on throughout the world without like taking up an entire chapter. So I thought it was really cool that they animated this and it gives me hope that I will get to see Enel go to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. And then uh, Uh, finally in the closing moments of the episode, uh, we saw Blackbeard start to use his, um, his shadow, shadow devil fruit, the vortex. And it seemed like, Law was kind of like working a little bit, but the fact that he hadn't used the Shadow Shadow Devil Fruit kind of let me know that Blackbeard wasn't quite getting serious yet. He was just playing games with them so far. Um, but is there any way he, th- he, I mean, he really gets out of this? He gets saved because that turns off your Devil Fruit powers. Yeah. I mean, like the. So we we've only seen a little bit of like Law with his awakened Devil Fruit uh, powers, and that was in combination with Kid, right? So I don't know. I just I really don't know how he does anything with Blackbeard, especially when Blackbeard is surrounded by all his heavy hitters with, uh, you know, cherry picked uh, uh, Devil Fruits, basically, right? So yeah. yeah. So. We saw blackness on the screen in the episode, and it's not looking great for Law Boys. <laughs> no, it's once, not looking good sh- at all. Once the Shadow Shadow Fruit comes out, it's a fucking wrap. Like that negates Devil Fruit powers. It's broken. Mm-hmm. Like, what's Law gonna do? Nothing. Blackbeard's thing- like, he had me in the first half. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, and and one thing we're not thinking about with the reason Blackbeard would want the Opa Opa Nomi, the Op Op Fruit. It's not for Law's powers. It's so he can become immortal. Oh, that would yeah. be the clear reason. Okay. You would that, give that it to some make scrub, sense. make him immortal, and the scrub would die off. Well, the only reason I, I don't think he would be, he was not thinking about it at the moment, was he said, oh, this is a very useful fruit after seeing it in person. Yeah. And I'm I guess sure maybe he, he does what it. it is. He's read the encyclopedia for devil fruits, but I don't know if I don't that's know in if the encyclopedia, though. Yeah, he didn't know about the awakening. He didn't know he could use the shock willy and the uh, the big. Well, uh, well I'm, thing, what I'm so. saying is, like, he knows about the basics of that devil. Fruit yeah, yeah. And that I, it can grant you life, but he didn't. He wasn't commenting on that during this episode. He was commenting on the awakened abilities. Yeah, yeah. And what I was gonna say too is that might be a pretty big secret. So that might be something that isn't in the encyclopedia of devil fruits. So he might yeah. actually not know. I mean, only three people really at the time. Well. I guess the five elders probably knew, but I mean, it was really just Doflamingo, um, his brother and law knew that. So. And maybe, maybe awakening, awakening devil fruits. Maybe people don't know about awakening that much, right? Yeah. I mean, devil fruits don't commonly awaken. So we're just seeing the best of the best, which is why we're seeing so many awakened devil fruits at this point. Yep. 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 We're eating. Kind of. Eating. But awesome. (laughs) Uh, Is that all we got for one piece? That's it. Thanks, so. Cool. I will appreciate you guys hanging out. Like Bass said, make sure to rate the podcast. It really helps us out. And we'll catch you guys on Tuesday for the rundown. That's weird to say on a rundown episode. <laughs> I almost just said the, the bullshit hour. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll say that next week. So, All right, guys. Peace. Later. Bye.